electricity, a big idea that's inspired countless new ones. From powering the light bulb to virtually powering our entire lives. 30 years ago, State Street launched the Spider S&P 500 ETF, SPY. A big idea that inspired the world to invest differently. And still does. What can you do with SPY? Before investing, consider the funds, investment objectives, risks, charges, and expenses. Visit SSGA.com for a prospectus containing this and other information. Read it carefully before investing. SPY is subject to risks similar to those of stocks. All ETFs are subject to risk, including possible loss of principal. Alps Distributors, Inc. Distributor. Market moving insight and analysis. Join Jim Cramer, David Faber, and me, Carl Quintanilla, on the opening bell hour of CNBC Squawk on the Street. Welcome to Squawk on the Street. I'm Carl Quintanilla with Jim Cramer and David Faber. Dow futures down 430 as markets react to the president's diagnosis, reportedly experiencing some mild symptoms. Uh, Pence and Mnuchin test negative this morning. We are awaiting word on Biden's test. Meantime, Jim, uh, the jobs number is a miss at 661,000. And these stimulus talks remain in limbo after the House does approve Heroes Light by party lines last night. Right. I, I think that we all uh, underestimate Senator McConnell and his inability to corral uh, maybe as many as 20 uh, Republican senators who believe that we have a V-shaped recovery, which is, of course, is what uh, uh, President Trump has been saying. Um, it's the Senate that we look to. I think all the discussions between Secretary Mnuchin and, and Speaker Pelosi uh, have not borne fruit. And one of the things I, I think they haven't borne fruit because the Republicans simply are not in favor of giving the states money. And the uh, Speaker Pelosi wants to give many different uh, businesses and states money because they're all strapped. Will this matter to that? I don't think so. Uh, I think that that's uh, I wish it would. I mean, in business, I think it would, but not in politics. Uh, I feel, David, when I look at these numbers and I look at what's happened to the president, of course, we wish him well. I think that somehow nothing comes together in Washington that you would think there's not a kind of a sympathetic. Let's get together. uh, Let's stop the war uh, of words. It just doesn't happen like that anymore. No, uh, there seems to be so little common ground in so many different areas of our country in terms of meeting some of the key challenges that we face, whether it be right in front of us in terms of more aid uh, or whether it be longer term challenges as well, Jim. And regardless of the outcome of this election, I think there are many people who believe it's going to be very difficult for us to step up and meet those challenges unless we do find some common ground. And to your point, this is a perfect example, the inability to come to some sort of agreement here that would provide some level of assistance, not just to small businesses, as you pointed out so many times, uh, but to states and municipalities that are suffering greatly as a result of the pandemic. Well, uh, uh, Carl, the numbers are pretty obvious here. I mean, we have the employment numbers, and I, I, you know, whether there are, pe- there are people who can say, listen, it's just continue but slow, choppy recovery. But in September, 19.4 million persons reported that they had been unable to work because their employer closed or lost business due to the pandemic. Well, are those are the people that you would think uh, the U.S. government would, would protect through no fault of their own. They've lost their jobs, and those jobs aren't coming back because of the pandemic. We now see how uh, this is a, a shocking week, whether it be the NFL. I don't want to conflate the president with the NFL, but the fact is how easy it was for the NFL and the Titans to get it. Uh, and then how terrible it is that the president got it. But a recognition that if you try to reopen the economy aggressively without mass, uh, without more discipline uh, on social distancing, well, it's going to fail. And I think that that's really the ultimate takeaway of what happened with the president being infected by COVID. Right. Uh, You do have now 16 states, Jim, uh, with positivity rates of 10 plus, and that's up from 12 states uh, just last week. 
And then, Jim, you know, we're seeing a lot of projections about job losses, whether it's from the Hotel Industry Association or some officials in New York City talking about half of New York City restaurants going away. So I guess at this point, if the complaint with this Heroes Light bill is that it's got too much filler, how much are you willing to tolerate to get the money that actually is necessary if you think there's a difference? Well, I mean, I think that it's time. It would be fabulous if the president used the moment to say, now I see. Uh, what this is like. We've got to help these companies. I'm closing my restaurants. I'm closing them in 10 days. Uh, why? Well, because I Permanently? Only I'm mothballing them. Uh, when we get a vaccine, I'll open. I'll pay my rent at both places. Wait, you'll but pay your rent in the interim or you'll pay your rent the, when you... No, in the interim. I, really? You're going to well, continue gonna, to pay rent? I, you know, I could turn the keys over to the landlord. Why not just negotiate some sort of a deal with your landlord the way so many other people at least have tried to well, because to see if you can get some reduction that potentially you could pay back on the far end of it? Because my landlord might watch the show and you just lost all my leverage. Really? No, you of. did. You're the one who said you're going to pay well, me. Well, I was... Never mind. I don't mean to bargain with my landlord on squawk on the street. Uh, but I thank you, David. But you, you, look, the economics, we were hoping for 50 percent and 50 percent you could possibly make it. But uh, the combination of the airflow issues and, and the fact that we don't have a vaccine, we just have a, a therapeutics. Look, we were the last ones that tried it. There's still a couple that are able to that have lots of outdoor space. But we're, we are so not alone. I, I think about 50 percent of people are in our same situation, Carl. Uh, and you know, Jim, we were profitable. We're, we're thinking about your business. We were profitable. And every small business Seven who's years. in the same boat. Yeah. Seven years. We, Done. Which is a feat in that business, Thank uh, you. even in normal times. Thank you. Um, Jim, we're going to keep our eyes open for headlines about the president's condition. Obviously, we're all hoping that his health is unaffected. And when we might see him next, let's turn to Eamon Javers this morning. Hey, Eamon. Good morning, Carl. At this hour, we have a massive effort inside the U.S. government and the American political system to contact, trace, and find out just how far the virus has spread among senior administration officials and senior political officials in the United States. Joe Biden uh, has tweeted, uh, has put out information that uh, he and his staff are now going to be tested today. All the officials who were at the uh, event on Tuesday, the debate on Tuesday in Cleveland, will now receive tests for the coronavirus. Presumably, we should have the results of that later on today. Those tests can be turned around fairly quickly. The vice president has now tested negative for COVID-19, and the uh, the second lady also testing negative for COVID-19. The vice president's press secretary tweeting that he remains in good health and wishes the Trumps well in their recovery. To give you a sense of the scale of the effort now that is taking place, you look at the travel that the president has engaged in just over the past week or so. He has been hopscotching the country, going to uh, political battleground states. Uh, he's conducted a rally in Pennsylvania. He held a Supreme Court nomination ceremony at the White House over the weekend. He had a reception for Gold Star families. Uh, he had a photo op in Washington and a presser on COVID testing. On Tuesday, uh, he was in Ohio for that presidential debate. He had a fundraiser in Minnesota and a rally in Minnesota, which quite a number of people did not wear masks. That was on Wednesday. Yesterday, uh, he was in New Jersey for a roundtable and a fundraiser uh, with supporters there. So uh, a lot of people have now come in contact with the president. He's been traveling on Air Force One. All of that backing and forthing is going to have to be uh, traced now to figure out how far this virus has gotten inside the U.S. government. <clears throat> and you look at just Hope Hicks, just take one official. We learned that she, a close uh, presidential campaign aide, uh, 
tested positive last night, <clears throat> according to a report uh, that first broke yesterday evening. Look at the officials that she alone has been in contact with. It's just about every senior administration official. More than 20 folks uh, have been seen uh, in contact with Hope Hicks uh, over the past uh, little while, just in terms of her travel, often photographed without a mask. And then here's the tweet uh, from Joe Biden saying, Jill and I send our thoughts to President Trump and First Lady Melania Trump for a swift recovery. We will continue to pray for the health and safety of the president and his family. So a massive, massive effort now, uh, guys, to figure out exactly how far this has gotten, how many senior officials uh, have uh, contracted the coronavirus and whether anyone in the Biden camp has contracted it as well, because, of course, they were on stage and in the venue on Tuesday in Ohio. Guys, back over to you. Uh, hey, Eamon, as you're talking, a lot of headlines still crossing. One is from a aide to uh, the head of the judiciary, uh, Lindsey Graham, that hearings on Judge Barrett will continue. And then McConnell here saying that uh, a remote presidential debate remains an option. Of course, we've got a VP debate in five days. Yeah, look, I mean, that VP debate is going to be fascinating. That's scheduled for Wednesday. Uh, so far, we have not heard from Kamala Harris yet as to her status. Presumably, she has not been uh, exposed uh, to this with anywhere near the degree uh, that the vice president might have been in proximity to it. But uh, we'll wait for her statement as well. Uh, <clears throat> and then in terms of the, the Supreme Court nomination, uh, you are going to have to figure out uh, what exposure uh, Amy Coney Barrett had herself uh, because she was with the president on Saturday, uh, and then any of the senators that she's been interacting with. So that's another piece of this that's going to have to be pinned down in that massive contact tracing effort that's undergoing now in Washington. But you can imagine that Mitch McConnell, this is the political project of Mitch McConnell's life, is to make sure that there are a number of conservatives on the Supreme Court, as many conservatives as he can get on the Supreme Court. Uh, this is not going to stop that process from happening, I don't think. I can't see a world in which it's possible to get her uh, voted in, that McConnell doesn't take the opportunity to do that. The question is uh, whether or not uh, she herself would become sick, and we just don't know the answer to that, or any of the senators who are responsible for shepherding it. That could be uh, a difficulty uh, for, for executing this before the election. Uh, and then in terms of the debate, it's going to depend on the health of the candidates, right? I mean, a, a virtual debate, as we've seen now, this report from the New York Times suggesting that the president is experiencing COVID symptoms, uh, things like fatigue, uh, you know, you just don't want to go into a debate uh, if you're not 100 percent. They're difficult under any circumstances, particularly a virtual one uh, where things get awkward, uh, and then particularly if you're having health issues. So I, I, we'll have to wait and see on that one. Eamon, uh, there is a big dispute in the Senate about how strong the economy is. Uh, there are a lot of people in the Senate, Republicans, who believe we have a V-shaped recovery. It's going pretty well. I don't know if these numbers this morning will influence them, but how do you convince someone who agrees with the president that there's a V-shaped recovery that there is actually an L-shaped recovery and, and there are people who need help? Well, look, the president is the person who can do that with Senate Republicans, right? I mean, the president has every political incentive, and it's been a head-scratcher through this entire process why the president is not out there twisting arms of re reluctant Republican senators to, to go along with the stimulus before the reelect. Every why, political why would you? incentive you, you got, is there the for the president, president to get. The president is adamant that the, that the economy is very strong. Why would you twist an arm? What, to just say, listen, it's not really strong? Tell people in one place that it's not strong and then go public I mean, the and politics, say The politics of getting money, cash into voters' hands before an election are pretty clear, Jim. 
Um, so that, that would work to the president's advantage. Even if he said it's strong, but we need to just make sure, let's make sure we pass this. Uh, that's an argument that Senate Republicans would listen to from him. They have been convinced of a lot of things by this president that they didn't necessarily agree with before he was elected. They could certainly be convinced of that. He hasn't taken that leadership because he hasn't seen it, for whatever reason, as crucial to his own reelection, as crucial for the country and the economic recovery. The president has simply decided not to push for that, and, and that's part of the reason why we're here. The other reason, of course, is that Nancy Pelosi is holding out for a better deal. She feels that the numbers that are offered by the Republicans are simply not high enough and not recognizing the scale of the, the catastrophe. And that's why we have this gulf between the two parties. One interesting you know, possible second order effect of this presidential diagnosis now is that because the spotlight now swings to the White House and health issues, does that take some of the political pressure off of Steven Mnuchin and Nancy Pelosi, who might be able to quietly cut a deal while the attention is focused somewhere else? Yeah, uh, but they still need Amy, and they still Mnuchin need Mitch McConnell. A little bit more of a free hand. They still need Mitch McConnell to sign they off do. on any deal. I mean, it's, they, you know, they can they can get to where they want That's it. Right. Um, uh, back to the health uh, questions, though. I, I'm curious. You know, listen, uh, we know at this point having followed closely this virus for many months now. It is unpredictable, even for people in a high-risk category that the president would seem to be, given his age and his weight. Um, it can have virtually no impact on some people, and obviously others it hits very hard. What are the protocols by which we can expect the White House to operate under here in terms of keeping the American public informed of his health? Well, you know, we don't know. They put out the statement last night from the physician, and, and that's all we've gotten so far. Uh, there is no official plan for informing the public of the president's health status. The, the White House will do that as it sees fit and as it responds to public pressure to know more about what the president is experiencing here. Uh, so at, at this point, we don't know. I talked to a former senior administration official overnight about what was the COVID plan inside the White House if the president was diagnosed. You know, they war game and strategize all this stuff in advance. Uh, and what this official told me was that the plan was simply to have the president hole up in the residence in the White House, the living quarters, uh, minimize all staff contact to him. So just the bare minimum of staff having contact with him. And then, of course, the medical officials who would monitor his situation very closely and then sort of ride it out as if it was uh, similar to the flu. Uh, that was the plan going into this. Now, all plans change, you know, when events change. So we'll see if that if that holds, if the president travels or if, uh, if the president stays inside the residence. But uh, they were planning on just r limiting staff contact, having him ride it out in the residence and monitor with the medical team who would reach out to outside experts for any additional support that they, they might need in terms of the most advanced cutting edge thinking on the virus. Eamon, thank you. Obviously, uh, our eyes are peeled for further uh, developments uh, and, and information about uh, the, the condition of the president and the staff at the White House and the vice president as well, uh, Eamon Javers. Jim, um, what does it do to the conversation we would have had this morning about how the market has been able to at least start to climb above the 50-day and sort of reestablish itself on some technical levels? Well, what I call this is the V stock market versus the L economy. And the V stock market includes most of the large tech companies, uh, many of which are down right now, but I think could rally. Uh, the semiconductors, lots of positive chatter about those. Uh, these are ones that are involving secular change, particularly 5G. Uh, we remain uh, steadfast with the idea that, that people stay at home to work, anything that works like that, other than the recession stocks, because people, the stock market's kind of ruled out of recession. If you, took, if you look at the way that a General Mills has started to act, look at the way Campbell started to act, uh, look at the way Constellation Brands worked yesterday, and look at the way ConAgra did. So I, I think it's a, a, 
I don't want to ever say that it's business as usual because then I'll be viewed as being a callous individual. But I do believe that there'll be many stocks that uh, will initially go down like a Tesla where the uh, by the way, the, we had deliveries that were better than expected and then they can rally. Uh, I, I, I think that can be like a Ford Motor, where I believe that the numbers are going to come in better, and I would be looking to buy something like that. We didn't talk about the jobs number really at all, did we, Jim? Um, well, the jobs number is what did, what Powell's not going to do anything. Yeah. Uh, the president is going to say the numbers are strong. The sector right. initially. Listen, the unemployment strong. rate falls below eight percent. Was we did not add as quite as many as had been anticipated but, in terms of jobs. And then I'm looking at something from our friend Peter Bookvar here in terms of what he's calling a negative. Uh, the continued rise in permanent job losers. He does point out the stat can read badly, but you obviously hope with a dynamic economy that changes. But we're at uh, 3.75 million permanent job losers, highest since May of 2013. Well, that's the L economy. I mean, look, yeah, that's what you've been is, talking about. This every is day. a Walmart economy. Right, OK, right. I mean, Walmart can withstand this. Walmart's busy putting a lot of companies out of business. It's not alone. Target's doing the same thing. I, look, I had Bed Bath & Beyond last night. I couldn't believe they're going to be able to survive because they've got new management. But for the most part, Amazon, this is the Amazon. Just this is the Death Star, David. It's yes. really at work. Uh, that's why all the e-commerce companies are doing so well. It, look, it is not a good time unless you have a gigantic balance sheet or you're somebody like Eric Repair, who is so good, this is Lib Bernadette, that you can stay open with a quarter of your tables. Unless you want to be in Florida, David, do you want to go there right now where it's 100% open? Do you want to be as foolhardy as a whole no, great I'm, state? I'm happy here, near you. I want to be near you. Wherever you are, Jim, I'm close by, but not any closer than 30 feet. That's exactly right. Not <laughs> indoors. Guys, we'll take a break here. Uh, futures are obviously weak. Uh, a lot of news still headed our way, although gains for the week uh, may be intact, even with these losses. We're back in a moment. Let's get straight to the point. You want to grow your portfolio to fight rising costs of inflation or pay off your debt or anything standing in the way of you and financial freedom, right? Yahoo Finance, our sponsor today, can help. For more than 25 years, Yahoo Finance has been helping great investors like you. Whether you're a seasoned investor or just looking for tips, Yahoo Finance makes it super easy by putting all the tools and data you need in one spot. Yahoo Finance takes a holistic look at the financial news cycle, including breaking news, original editorial perspectives, analyst ratings, independent research, customizable charts, and more. You can securely link your brokerage accounts for a unified view of your wealth, including 401k and other investments. That's how Yahoo Finance gives you insights and helps you take a look at your wealth in its entirety. That big picture perspective is what great investors need. For comprehensive financial news and analysis, visit the brand behind every great investor. YahooFinance.com, the number one financial destination. YahooFinance.com. That's YahooFinance.com. Amazon announcing more than 19,000 of its workers have tested positive for the coronavirus over the last six months. But the company says that's fewer cases than it expected based on the infection rate of the general population. Amazon adds it's ramping up its testing. It expects to be conducting 50,000 tests a day by the end of November. That caught my attention, Jim. 50,000 a day. Now we are talking about a, they have a, where are they in employees? They've added so fast. They may be at a million. I'm not sure. I don't want to use a number because they've been adding so many employees so quickly. But that's a pretty impressive uh, potential 
for daily tests. Yeah, I mean, they must have a, a giant number of PCR machines, which are the ones that are most accurate. They could be using the shorter-term instant tests that we see from Abbott, which is the one the president induced, uh, suggests. There is a, a, a service this week, a company this week just got approval. It's called a Visby Medical, and people can Google it, but Visby has a handheld PCR machine. Uh, one time only, you throw it away, uh, instant, you know, within a half hour. It's going to be, I believe, the standard if they can have enough of them, V-I-S-B-Y. And it's a remarkable device, and it's what's been so necessary, which is handheld PCR, because everybody knows that PCR is better than any instant test. Uh, I know that the piece that, that had been Visby Medical had been used in the Tennessee Titan locker room uh, before the game. You would not have what happened uh, but, you know, Carl, we are all inundated with different ways that people are trying to uh, test. Uh, some people want saliva. Some people yep. want uh, nose swab. Uh, the ones that we know are, are now, I, I'm not saying they're criminal, but it's ridiculous, as if you wait seven days. These ones that wait five and seven days. I mean, that is, it, that, that's a joke on our country. And that, uh, the FDA should have said, listen, we're just not going to allow that. You mean for results? Yeah, I mean, uh, right. well, exactly. look, that's the, but, that's the period, as Dr. Godley would say, where you've got the viral load that you can give it to anybody you want. Yep. And, you know, yeah, and how we got to the point where someone thinks that that was the right way to go, uh, which is you send it to a lab and it comes back and you find out. Uh, David, I know you're making faces, but you know that that's... What, am I making? what do you mean I'm making faces? You were making a face. I'm, well, I'm always making faces. Well, you're a face maker. Yeah. <laughs> That's something I do. But I do, I do think that, that, we, that this whole incident, including Bedminster, calls into question about what you're supposed to be doing between when you're getting tested. Oh, you're talking and now your about results. the president's decision to go to a fundraiser, maskless, I believe, at one of his clubs. Well, this, let's just call that ill-advised. It would seem to have been ill-advised. You certainly hope that he did not expose other people in attendance to the virus and or that they didn't get it. Well, they better get a lot. Well, may have been active with it at that point. Well, they better get in touch with Roche, with Thermo Fisher, with uh, Whole Logic, because they need tests. They do. Well, Carl, 50,000 tests a day from Amazon at the end of November would be a positive, as would, of course, continuing increases in testing overall nationally uh, as we try to identify as right. quickly as we can when people have it. Right. And some standards. Between com- that was one of Amazon's complaints in their blog that there's no sort of set standard on how companies are, are supposed to handle this. It's- For more than a decade, Comcast has been committed to bridging the digital divide and connecting millions to affordable high-speed internet. But the barriers to get connected go well beyond affordability. Through Project Up, Comcast is committing one billion dollars to reach millions with digital skills training, resources, and opportunities needed to succeed in a digital world. Project Up. Building a future of unlimited possibilities. Learn more at Comcast.com slash Project Up. You seek the key, but first you must learn the ways of precision, craft, and performance with Acura's all-electric ZDX. With a premium Bang & Olufsen sound system up to a 313-mile range and a Type S variant with an estimated 500 horsepower, the ZDX is their most powerful SUV yet. Unlock the energy when you visit Acura.com to order yours today. Take a look at futures here. Uh, Testing negative this morning. The vice president and the treasury secretary. Now Speaker Pelosi on MSNBC says she was tested this morning and is awaiting results. We'll get the opening bell after a short break. 
Welcome back. Busy morning, of course. Jobs number, a lot of other news. But that doesn't stop us from getting to a mad dash. Twilio. Yeah, key to this market, David. Twilio pre-announced an unbelievably great number yesterday at an analyst meeting. Far better than expected. Uh, this is, of course, this is how you do next-gen customer engagement. Uh, it allows you to be able to change your menu, do whatever you want online, or also answer Lyft. When you send some a message on uh, to get pick up a Lyft, that is rooted through uh, rather through Twilio. It's an amazing company. Uh, I mean, really incredible company. Jeff Lawson owns it. He's the CEO. And David, if this stock stays up, then tech is going to turn around because Twilio is viewed as an important bellwether. Uh, we've had Lawson on a number of times, and I know you have as well. Yes, I'm, yeah. I'm very fond of Jeff. Now, he did have a uh, – there was a hiccup there because they lost a couple of customers. I remember that, right. Uh, but um, they appointed, by the way, um, the former CEO of General Electric. Jeff Immelt is chairman. And ever since then, the stock's gone up. $38 billion market cap. Carl, happy Friday. (laughs) Yeah, if we can call it that, David, uh, let's get the opening bell. Obviously, Brett this week. Jim, uh, the speaker on MS this morning, uh, as we said during the break, uh, waiting for results on her own test. But she adds that she and the Treasury Secretary are, quote, coming to terms on the price tag. Um, they still have to deal with language in the bill, which has not been an insignificant hurdle so far. Well, look, anything that can make it so that that permanent number is down. I mean, look, Secretary Mnuchin said over and over and over again, we got to have business interruption insurance. Those people have to be helped. It was no fault of their own. Uh, Speaker Pelosi completely, completely agrees. It is, as David, you know, the states as the sticking point. Strap states have not so far been on the president's radar screen is something that you should necessarily bail out. No, but he seems to think that it's only blue states, those states that conceivably would not support him, and therefore he doesn't seem supportive of helping them. But that's far from clear. There are plenty of other states, in fact, uh, that we would call the red states that are also suffering. Right. Uh, And there are plenty of cutbacks planned across the board, whether it be in things like sanitation, firefighting, police, you name it from states that are facing significant budget deficits as a result of tax revenues not coming in anywhere near where they expected because of the pandemic and the business shutdowns that have associated, been associated with it. Well, I think if you felt that the pandemic was going to come to an end or go away, uh, and then you see numbers that you, just, that you have decided are strong, and then you have substantial numbers of Republican senators who side with the president, then I think it's hard to it's harder to get a deal done because you don't know how many people Secretary Mnuchin can deliver. I mean, Carl, there's a lot of Republicans who think that the economy is great, uh, will not think that this number is bad. They'll think that this number's a slow, getting better economy. Maybe they'll look at housing, whatever. The only glaring one is airlines. Uh, and I think it's very hard to say, you know what, the economy is terrible. Boy, is this number? Is, are these numbers great? You can't. It's it's either oxymoronic or you could call it antithetical. So I think it's the Republican sure. senators yep. and secretary. If we had look, if we had majority, if we had let me say we had if we had McConnell in right now, okay, Senator McConnell, in, and he said, you know what, we need this. It would be done in ten minutes. Ten minutes. That'd be it. It's that's true. It's Mitch McConnell. Uh, although he has that. To your point, Jim, he has, he has clearly not said that. By the way, uh, as we're talking, the Times now reports that the chair of the RNC, Ronna McDaniel, 
has tested positive. Oh, On the flip side, we're getting word, guys, from the White House that Ivanka Trump and Jared Kushner were tested again today, and both are negative. So this is going to be basically just a, a table now that we're going to start to fill in as, in terms of White House staff. Right. I mean, look, I, it, all this depends. We got to find out what tests they're, they're taking. I mean, one of the things that we learned from the Tennessee Titan experience in the NFL is that uh, there's five days that there's definitely uh, a, a period where you, you just I mean, you, you were tested Saturday and you were fine. The Titans. OK, then they didn't test Sunday. They tested Monday. A bunch of them were uh, found to have the viral load. Uh, tested Tuesday again. Tested Wednesday. Each time someone new came up with it. Right. So the idea that anyone is all clear is as stupid as what the NFL said. There is no all clear, okay? At least until you go to five, six days, you got to keep testing every day. I mean, you know, the NFL was under the impression instantly, although Bioreference Lab didn't say this, that you know what? Everybody who's tested uh, positive is done. But there, no. You have to test every day. And the idea that anyone thinks they're all clear right now who is uh, at Bedminster, you're fooling yourself. As someone who's been in quarantine, you got to test every day. And I think people are being very unrealistic that they're, that they're all clear. Uh, the Titans weren't all clear. And the NFL's the most powerful corporation in America. And they, can't, they could not make it so that they were all clear in day one or two. It, it, it's foolhardy. Uh, Jim, uh, but the market reaction, I'm just curious. I mean, what obviously adds uncertainty to a lot of different things. Does right. it make sense to you? Is that simply all No, it you is? buy. You buy. Well, I mean, what, if, how many of these companies are really dependent upon the look? You can't buy the banks. They need the that, that's a direct reference. Right. But, you know, let, let's say you get no stimulus. OK, well, can I tell you that Costco could go to 400 with no stimulus? It's a 352. Home Depot, 275, go 300. Because what are the who are the companies that are permanently closing? Which ones? What kind of balance sheet does a small hardware store have? Right. I can tell you it's a balance sheet that lets you have a month without receipts. Two months? No. But uh, Lowe's, they're killing it. Right. You, you've made that point. So do, in your mind, the sell-off, which seems to be related in part to obviously the, president's having, uh, the president having the virus, and I guess the idea that, well, I don't even know what it means for the stimulus. Well, month. you think Does Tesla? Does it enhance it or not enhance it? We've come no, back to McConnell no, no. being the key person. He doesn't have it. Well, so. the, 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 Speaker Pelosi is saying nicer things. Uh, but, you know, they've been saying some nice things all along. They've been talking and talking and talking uh, or fiddling, depending upon if you want to go with that analogy. But here's Twilio. It's up 18. Uh, you know, Tesla had better deliveries than expected. You really think the, te- the uh, Teslanians or Teslites or whatever, I don't know what you call them. Uh, it, it, do you think they're really going to let that stock be down 20? They're looking at this thing as one of the great buying opportunities because that has nothing to do with the president. Or stimulus. So I think, Carl, what happens in this market is cooler heads prevail and say we got to buy tech. Why? Well, because tech has secular reasons that are only increased by the president, because now people can tell Jamie Dimon, hey, you think I'm going back to work if the president caught it? You know, the Titans caught it. No, I'm staying at sure. home. Yep. Get me all the get, you know, buy me another Zoom so I can do two Zooms. No, that's the that's the question. How how does this change the consumer mindset? How does this change the mindset of uh, governors who have supported relaxing these lockdown restrictions? And Jim, how does it uh, change the dynamic on stimulus talks? Pelosi now saying that the diagnosis of the president does change the dynamic in those 
uh, negotiations. Love to and hear that, that. She believes they will find a path. So that, that's very positive. She says we will get something done. The, yep. That's very positive. Uh, I'd love to hear it from uh, Secretary Mnuchin. Uh, really love to hear it from the president via Zoom. I uh, love to hear it from uh, from Mitch McConnell. But that is look. I, in, if you want to parse that, the uh, the speaker has moved. Uh, that that's a more positive positive view. Uh, and I think that that would be welcome for all the people who who are never going to get their job back. Uh, in the meantime, buy service now, buy Zoom video, buy some Splunk. Yeah, buy um, Tesla. Something else that's getting bought a little bit are some of these asset managers, guys. You may have seen it. Uh, you know, it's confirmed obviously by SEC filings. Tryon been pretty busy. The activist fund that we follow closely, Nelson Peltz at Garden, uh, most recently showing up in shares of our parent company Comcast. We talked about that last week. Uh, the latest story is they own significant stakes in two asset managers. They're not particularly large, but the idea is, hey, maybe we can bring about some consolidation here. Invesco uh, and Janice Henderson uh, are the two names. And both are up. Jan- uh, the Janice, you can see, is up a lot more percentage-wise right now. Um, fee pressure, right? I mean, Jim, yeah. we talk about it all the time. The rise of ETFs, the rise of indexing, the lack thereof for these active managers to actually extract fees that's the story. And so you got to look for all sorts of efficiencies. And that would seem to be the argument here. No word, by the way, from trying itself other than in the D's right. that, uh, that I have that anybody can look at. I've, I've called them. I haven't really heard anything. Well, uh, David, do you think that, that they're being careful with 9.9 uh, in the sense that if you go over 10 percent for some financial institutions, yes. the financial institutions can complain to the government? Yeah, no, I think so. And also, you know, again, dollar wise, I mean, not insignificant. But what are we talking about here? I mean, for Invesco, about 400 million bucks. And for uh, uh, Janice Henderson, similar, uh, right around the same, 387 million. So that's sort of what they're doing. By the way, we did, I do have a statement from Janice Henderson. Uh, the company notes it only heard from Tryon on Thursday regarding its investment. And, it, uh, and I truncated it a bit here. They say they continue to make significant progress, increase profitability, drive organic growth, identify and deliver cost savings and are committed to delivering meaningful value for shareholders. We'll and, see. We'll keep a close eye on this one. And, and uh, Speaker Pelosi still saying very positive comments. But, David, one thing I, I would say is, is that uh, when Nelson uh, Peltz took the Comcast position, yeah. uh, by no means did he ever articulate anything like this. He just bought the stock. No. With and, a, no. No. And I remember from that day, I had a lot of questions about it. Right. Key one being, of course, 33 and percent, which is the voting control that the Roberts family has of the company. But uh, on this one, and they've played in this area before, as you know, uh, in terms of asset managers, it's sure. something that Tryon knows quite well. Well, you need scale. And I mean, you need scale. And, you know, I mean, nobody's going to approach BlackRock in terms of the size, but you no. can keep trying. Well, I mean, BlackRock is an incredible alpha because they've had such feet pressure and yet they still have delivered incredible numbers. Right. And Larry Fink is an amazing manager. And uh, you got have your hats off to him at all times. Carl, I still see this undercurrent, which just says, how many, you know, does it really, does this news really hurt? And then they, you know, you know throw in ServiceNow. I mentioned ServiceNow. Uh, Bill McDermott, there's a fa- fabulous piece today saying that Bill McDermott is crushing it, getting all these federal contracts. So that's another stock to watch because no one's going to say, you know what, because of this, I shouldn't own ServiceNow. They're looking at it and saying, you know what, ServiceNow, I got a chance to buy it. I would never get it otherwise because there are just there are growth hounds who have been waiting to pounce and they're getting their opportunity and they're not thinking about COVID. They're not thinking about anything other than the fact that these companies thrive in a COVID environment. 
And when you read that in a lot of research, you see who thrives in a COVID environment. And people just, when they see something like this news, they say, wow, let's go buy those. They're not looking at the employment number. They're not looking at the uh, PCR test of the president. They're just saying, ooh, geez, no, chance, right, chance to buy. You're right. Uh, Peloton record high here at 107.30. Uh, a, a lot of the gainers here, uh, the Cloroxes of the world. Uh, reminds me of your interview with ConAgra, which is one of the S&P leaders today. Uh, and the CEO did tell you that, you know, eating at home is a trend that is going to continue even with household budgets stretched. Yeah, there was a kind of otherworldly nature. That was a great quarter. And, and uh, Sean Connolly came on the show and, ta- and showed you charts of, of office space. Showed you charts that include Peloton, that included Netflix. And he just said, listen, if you want to know what our business is doing, these are the things you've got to gauge Peloton. As long as Peloton sales are going up, we're going to continue to do well. They do both lunch and they do dinner. And the stock was down. And I was at plus they raised the dividend back to above where it was before they cut it. And, and I, I, you know, both Sean and I off camera were marveling about how the market just sometimes just gets it wrong. And ConAgra had a really great quarter, far better than expected. And the market is catching up to that. Uh, one that uh, also that people should watch is Constellation Brands. I mean, that stock was down four. They had a monster good quarter. Fifty percent of the bars were closed. And they did unbelievably well. Why? Because <laughs> in-home drinking, David, I don't know. This may be, I know you're, we said the other day you're a teetotaler. I but, did? But it, you did. No, you said when it came to consumer. Don't oh, go knocking right. my hobbies right. now. But in-home drinking, David, yeah, that's what I'm has talking spiked about. Yes. to a level yes. that you really, I mean, that's off the charts when it comes to beer. No. And that's Modelo with... number three. Yeah. And the, the consumption of liquor is, in this country high. is as high very, as it's been. It's been a very stressful ever. time, and that's how some people choose to deal with it. Carl, I don't know about you. I only have a you know, small group handful of drinks. What, during breakfast? All handful. I used both, to, usually both hands. I used to brush my teeth with a bottle of Jack when I was a young reporter covering homicide. <laughs> well, you were young. That's, that's, well, I got off, I got off my shift tradition. at 7 a.m., okay? Yeah. All right. Who all else right. wouldn't brush your teeth with a bottle of Jack when you're done you working were, at 7 a.m.? It's like, cue hey the guys, music as here. we're talking, yeah, uh, ahead, CBS and NBC and Reuters saying that uh, uh, Vice President Candidate uh, Harris has tested negative. We're going to watch that. And as for the speaker, she did sort of address this general uh, story today and the risk of rising infection in Washington on MSNBC. Take a listen. It's very sad, but it also is something that, that, uh, again, uh, going into crowds, uh, unmasked and all the rest, was sort of a, a brazen invitation for something like this to happen. Sad that it did. Uh, but nonetheless hopeful uh, that it will be a transition to a saner approach to what this virus is all about. Jim, sort of echoing what you said uh, before the top of the show. Yeah, I've been working on this mask initiative uh, with XPRIZE, uh, uh, xprize.org slash mask. It's it's a a project to try to get uh, 15 to 24-year-olds to design masks. The the hundreds of teams have gotten together to, to build mass young people because they are convinced that it's the only real way that we have to stop this. Uh, but there's been one person who's ridiculed people wear, who wear masks. It's the president of the United States. And he's been a, a principal obstacle. I don't mind saying that because, well, 
when I spent all this money to try to get this mask done, char- it's done uh, as a charity, public service, over and over again with all the people I deal with, uh, the, the issue has been the president. Uh, because the president has sowed so much uh, belief that they don't help, that you just constantly run into that, even though there's just uh, irrefutable proof everywhere, especially aerosol, which is the problem in restaurants. That is the problem in hotels. Inside, aerosol, uh, which is like tobacco smoke. If you smell it, you're going to get it. It's like that. Right. Uh, Guys, in the meantime, back to 33.50 as we have uh, cut... The S&P's initial losses in half. Let's get to Bob Pisani this morning. Hey, Bob. Quite, quite an interesting move at the open. And I think this is largely because uh, Ms. Pelosi has been making comments uh, that are positive for, this, for the stimulus. Uh, I just want to show you, uh, and we opened at 33.23, Carl. You're absolutely right. This is quite a move up just in a few minutes. I just want to show you overnight on the future. You see how fast things react? Just before 12.50 a.m. Eastern time is when we got the news. And we dropped... 50 points in 10 minutes and in very quick stair step, stair step declines, about 10 points each, just down, down, down. This suggests Art Cashin's comment that there are sell stops just below the market that are very, very tight and they'll sell. They hit one level of sell and then they find a level down about 50 points below that. What else is going on here? You see that move up here uh, just since the, the open, uh, uh, nice move up since the open. I believe that is primarily uh, on the comments made on stimulus. So the question is, does this news about the president materially change the prospects for stimulus? Why the obsession with stimulus? Because stimulus is important because it's viewed as offsetting many of the layoffs that are being announced. We're hearing about not just in the airlines, but across industries, how Mifflin announced layoffs today. So the, the, the question is, are the chances for a stimulus deal higher today or not? Uh, uh, Pelosi has been talking this morning, indicating that the chances may in fact uh, uh, be increasing, and that's good news. You see the travel and leisure stocks down here today. They're weak on days when the reopening story is not going well. This happens when there's concerns that another wave of reinfections might occur. And so what does this mean? It, it suggests to me that the president's diagnosis is raising awareness of concerns of a secondary wave of infections. Maybe it'll go away in a few days, but that's what the market is saying today, raising awareness of concerns about secondary waves of infections here. Uh, as for sectors, uh, Tough on energy. What day is not tough on energy, but we're 5% down uh, on oil. So that's leading to the downside. Tech's also weak. Banks uh, are weak. And you see more defensive sectors like healthcare and stu- consumer staples, while they're down, there is a relative outperformance. Mega cap down, but they're well off of it. Apple opened down 3%. Uh, it's now down. Um, a little less than that, uh, two and a quarter percent, as you see right there. Uh, and all of these stocks open down between one and two percent and are off of their lows. That's the main story. So where are we right now? The, the president's uh, illness is now creating even more uncertainty for a market that's got a lot of it already. So in terms of the elections, I would say we have new uncertainty, not uncertainty. Yesterday, we were talking about the outcome uncertainty. Now we have uncertainty even on the campaign and on the debates, if you put up that full screen. As for the stimulus, well, you see this morning, stimulus progress or hopes of it is moving the markets. That's the primary mover right now for the markets. As for the reopening story, we have layoffs, which is not good news, but we have it against some good economic data earlier in the week and mixed data later in the week on the economic front. So not clear there on the reopening story, treatment of vaccine, I would say progress for sure. There are people who have hopes for some phase three trial results, maybe in the next few weeks. Where are we? How do you make sense of all this? We're going to turn to Art Cashin, our old buddy at UBS. He'll be on the phone with us 11 a.m. Eastern time to sort it out and what it all means.
for the markets. Carl, back to you. All right. Uh, thank you very much, Bob. We'll talk to you then. Uh, it's one of those odd mornings where the jobs number is kind of taking a back seat. Let's get to Rick Santelli. Yes, Carl, a backseat in a different sort of way. Uh, let's look at a 24-hour chart of 10s. There is little doubt in my mind that this report, if the president and first lady hadn't contracted COVID, and I get all the talk with masks, but if masks were the entire issue, I thought he would have caught it before six and a half months. That's just me. Uh, you see that at one in the morning when the news came out, that was where rates broke down. Okay, And the flight to safety pushing prices up, pushing those rates down, probably would have occurred on the number, but it occurred early. And it's kind of proof of that, that you can see how we've kicked up now that the stock market opened up and opened up much better than many had thought. And of course, our cashing is right. Sell stops, protection below the market. You know what's below the market? Sell stops to get out and bids to buy in. But it all happened at night. The night sessions are thin. So one should expect that this market would have done that. Look at a one week of tens, and here it comes back. You know, it really hasn't gone anywhere big on the week. The disappointment is that it fell from higher yields because higher yields are better. They give you a better view of the economy as a whole. Now, dollar-yen is also a flight-to-safety trade, and you can see on a 24-hour chart of the dollar-yen that at 1 a.m. Eastern, the dollar took a drop. In terms of our relationship with Boone's, Boone's had a nice yield drop also at 1 Eastern our time, Eastern time. But what's fascinating here is it is now the widest, the biggest distance between our yields and their yields basically since May. But that's the good news. The not so good news make it year to date. And at the beginning of the year, we're at 210 basis points of separation. Carl, Jim, David, back to you. And we still have University of Michigan yet to come. We'll see you at the top of the hour, Rick. Thanks. Uh, we'll take a break here. Um, all sectors red except for materials, which is eking out a gain. And like a magnet, the S&P is drawn once again to the 50-day at uh, 33.62 or so. It's about 10 points away. Let's get to our Meg Terrell this morning. We can talk about some of the treatments that might be possible for the president and the first lady. Along with Meg, some of the uh, remarkable news we got on the vaccine front this week. Uh, that's right, Carl. Uh, you know, there aren't a lot of options for the coronavirus, but everybody says that the options are a lot better, of course, now than they were six months ago. So let's look at what the NIH treatment guidelines for the coronavirus say. Uh, essentially, remdesivir, of course, Gilead's drug has emergency use authorization. Due to limited supply and the way they tested the drug right now, it is recommended just for hospitalized patients. But of course, Dr. Gottlieb, other experts telling us this drug could make sense early in the course of disease that could potentially be used uh, for the president and the first lady. Uh, steroids like dexamethasone, of course, proven very useful, but only in the later courses of disease. And NIH says those, that's only recommended for people who require oxygen, so much more severe and critical. Of course, NIH recommends against hydroxychloroquine and chloroquine uh, for mild or moderate patients, except in the use uh, of clinical trials. Uh, guys, the president, of course, because of his age and because his BMI is just slightly over 30, is at higher risk uh, from potential you know, severe disease here. Um, there are also, of course, uh, antibody drugs that are in trials from Regeneron and Eli Lilly, as well as antiviral medicines from Merck and Pfizer, those especially early. Uh, and the antibody drugs, we did see some positive results on uh, just this week uh, and earlier from Eli Lilly, but those still experimental as well. Now, we mentioned those risk factors. We also have to tell you about the testing that's being used at the White House. Uh, Corey Lewandowski, a former aide to the president, a campaign 
campaign manager was on the Today Show this morning talking about recently receiving a test. Here's what he told Savannah Guthrie. When you go to the White House, you receive the Abbott Lab. It's a 15-minute test, and they notify you if you test positive. So when I was at the White House on Saturday, I was notified that I did not have COVID-19. Again, on Wednesday, when I was with the president, I was tested immediately before seeing him. It took about 30 minutes. It was probably the Abbott Lab test again, and I was notified that I was negative for that. But out of an abundance of caution, I think everybody who's been around the president and the senior staff will be self-isolating. Guys, no comment yet from Abbott this morning. Back over to you, Carl. All right. Uh, thank you very much, uh, Meg Terrell. Jim, uh, there's all of that uh, news. In addition to some of the commentary we got from both Pfizer and Moderna uh, this week about the timing of an eventual vaccine. Yeah. Look, this is a question of, of two arms. You got an arm that's placebo and you got an arm that has it. Uh, and you've got to go to places that are hot. It doesn't do any good to go to places that aren't because then it just takes even longer to figure out whether the darn thing's working. This is a question of not being bullied into being able to say, hey, you know what? It's all clear, because if you do not have people in an exposed area, then it's going to look like that the, that the vaccine works. What good is that? So they have to take right. their time, hopefully first quarter. First quarters would be uh, I think that'd be fine. And remember, once again, like the Titans, you're not clear. You can claim you're clear. But you're not five days minimum before you can say you might be clear. I'll Schefter right now, Jim, saying two more Titans players tested positive today. Exactly uh, per right. Source. Bio, uh, Jim, we'll, we'll bio see it tonight. Matt, bio reference said that's going to happen, but no one's listening to the guys who do the tests. Yeah. Right, we'll see you tonight, Jim. Have yep. a good weekend. You've been listening to the opening bell on CNBC's Squawk on the Street. What's on the horizon for financial markets? At PGIM, it's a question that over 1,400 investment professionals relentlessly research in pursuit of your long-term goals. Specialized across asset classes, but united in collaboration, our teams provide global and local expertise. Our investments shape tomorrow, today. Pursue your tomorrow with PGIM, a leading global asset manager.